0: What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. This is the final NFL preview podcast before the season starts. We've gone through all eight divisions now, but today we are making picks for division winners, the two teams playing in the Super Bowl, as well as some of the season awards. So this should be a fun one. Uh, At the very end, we're going to have a uh, special guest, Matt, and my friend Trent join us to... Uh, Do a little fantasy football, just some random thoughts, draft strategies, things to help you win your leagues this year. We all play in a couple of leagues together, so probably be some trash talk coming up in that as well. Let's go. is here for the divisional picks and super bowl picks and all sorts of picks pod it's a picks pod and then we're gonna do a little fantasy football later but uh first and foremost what's going on man how are you
1: pretty good uh ready to make some some bold predictions and pretend they never happened
0: Ready to just do a whole nother podcast of being wrong, which is something I've experienced a lot lately. Uh, Well, I, so I am the first one to have a bold prediction fail before the season even starts (laughs) with, uh, my Cam Newton takes my spicy Cam Newton takes from earlier on in the podcast. Uh, he is now no longer with the Patriots and the Mac Jones era has officially begun in new England, which, uh, yeah, which I'm excited for as well. I, uh, You know, anybody who's watching the video of this can see that there's a Tom Brady jersey hanging next to me. That's the only football jersey I've ever owned. And I, thanks to my dad, I actually now have a McCorkle jersey on my way. So it's going to be, McCorkle's going to be the second football jersey I've ever owned. So it's pretty exciting.
1: And You know, in fairness to you, you weren't the first person to have a wrong prediction. There was also the guy who was so certain that Matthew Stafford would not get traded, that he made a bet that he would eat three cans of beans. It did not go well for him.
0: <laughs> Poor beans guy. He's yeah. out there somewhere still choking. I don't know, Maybe Don't, don't sure. say you're going to nah, He quit before you even finish one. <laughs> okay, this is my problem with Reddit. And like, this is super off topic. We'll get to the picks in a minute, I swear. My problem with Reddit is that so many people on Reddit bet like, hey, if this doesn't happen or if this does happen, I'll do X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, you know, if Matthew Stafford gets traded this offseason, I'll eat four cans of beans, even though I hate beans. But there's no upside. You you don't win anything. If Matthew Stafford doesn't get traded, the only thing that can happen is that you have to eat beans. I know I will never understand that ever. I mean if at least
1: do something like if if it happens i'll huff an entire can of whipped cream
0: like (laughs) do something fun yeah anybody that follows super stonk on reddit (laughs) there's like a ban on people betting that they'll shove things in their ass because somebody (laughs) somebody said if we close above 200 i'll put a watermelon in my butt and then we close that high and the guy couldn't deliver so uh there's now a ban on that and guys, just be careful about what yeah. you bet. Make sure there's upside. Anyway, on to the picks. We have previewed all eight divisions. Uh, if any of you guys are interested in hearing a breakdown of a specific division, we have four podcasts that preceded this, where we did the divisional previews in a never eat shredded wheat style, Northeast, South, <clears throat> Northeast, South, and then West. You can go back and check those out today is all about making picks and predictions. So I figured the easiest way to do this, we're going to start with the AFC. I will give you my division winners. And then you let me know which ones you don't agree with. And we'll hash it out that way. Uh, and if it's all four of them, then we'll be here for an hour. So, all right. and just so everybody knows, Matt and I do not, we have not uh, gone over these with each other prior to the podcast. So this is, you guys are getting pure live reactions and live debate so I'm gonna start with the north we're gonna go same never eat shredded wheat style uh, I have the Browns I have the Cleveland Browns in the north Buffalo Bills in the east the Indianapolis Colts for the south and then the Kansas City Chiefs for the west
1: yeah uh, Browns
0: Bills what do you have for south uh, I have the Colts in the south okay I have the Titans okay so that's like, and then do you have the Chiefs in the West? Yeah. Okay. So I don't have the Titans in the playoffs. And that may be really spicy to some people uh, due to, you know, they just added Julio Jones. We went over this in the preview podcast that that offense is going to be elite. I have serious reservations about the defense still. But yeah, here's the thing though. We
1: still have no idea what's going on with Carson Wentz. Which is why I don't have
0: the Colts in the playoffs right now. So I was just about to say, the, th- the thing about the Colts that scares me about making this pick is that Carson Wentz went from, you know, he got there in the preseason, he's doing well, then he has the surgery, and he's going to be out 5-12 to 12 weeks. Then it's announced that he's going to be back and be the week 1 starter, and that he's back at practice. And now he's on the COVID-19 protocol list. Uh, So that makes me nervous because we don't know what his status is. I I just like outside of quarterback, because I think even if Carson Wentz plays, that the Titans may have the advantage there. Uh, Outside of quarterback, I like the Colts team more. I think the defense is going to be much better. Uh, Obviously, the skill position players, I think, are a little bit better in Tennessee with Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Mm -hmm. Brown. But I think the running games with Jonathan Taylor are comparable, especially because Taylor's running behind a better line. Uh, And like we went over, I don't think Quentin Nelson is going to miss very much time if he misses any at all this season. I mean, you commented on Wentz's situation, but I'm
1: going to go in a little deeper here. There's that whole... You know, recent series of events with him. But that injury, I believe it was stated that it went back to high school. Was that wasn't that what he
0: said? I believe so. Some kind of weird foot fracture where a bone was sticking where it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. So he already has this history of, you know,
1: Putting an injury off and not getting it taken care of, playing through it, forcing it clearly last year, forcing himself to play through something that he should not have been playing through. Then he has foot surgery, and they say he's going to be out, you know, five to twelve weeks, which means that meant that he should have missed at least a few weeks of the season. At the very least at that point in time. And now they're saying back week one. But then they randomly kind of put him on the COVID thing. Not saying it's not true. But like with all that, it's a little sketchy. He has this history of the injury not being taken care of the way that it should be. And Even if he is playing week one or week three or whatever. I'm concerned that he's not going to actually be ready. Or that he might like not be fully healed and he'll feel fine initially. And then it starts to degrade because he's playing on it when he shouldn't be playing on it. And by the way, if he's been dealing with this, he also has not had actual live game reps with his new receivers
0: it is very possible and the last thing you want being in a brand new system well i mean the system maybe isn't that new to him because of reich but being with all new teammates that you've never played with before the last thing you want is to not have reps going into the season so i definitely understand the concerns there but i honestly i don't hate their backup situation they have uh, Jacob Eason, who was you know kind of like a mid-round quarterback taken out of Washington a few years ago, big arm there. And then Sam Ellinger from Texas, who they just drafted this past season. Uh, so I don't hate it. The Titans, on the other hand, uh, Tannehill is also in the COVID-19 protocol right now as well. Yeah. So I think there's some question marks at quarterback there. Uh, really what it boils down to, to me, is just the Colts, I think, even if Wentz is healthy... Their MO this season is going to be play good defense and run the ball with Taylor. Uh, and then, you know, have play action to a couple of those pretty good receivers they have. And I think that they can get through a couple of weeks. Uh, but we so we don't agree on this division, which probably means that neither of the teams is gonna make the playoffs and that the Jags are gonna be the division champs. Hey, don't sleep on the Texans. <laughs> uh do yes, do sleep on the Texans, please. Uh so who <laughs> who do you have for your three wild cards? And I'll He's let you not. know I'll let he you know where me. I disagree. I'm going ravens. Easy. Okay, I have the ravens as well. Pets. Okay. I think I we
1: agree there.
0: Yeah, the Tom Brady jersey hanging next to my yep. head. The Tom Brady New England jersey. I should specify that for people that are listening yeah. to the audio version.
1: Yeah. Fucking Jets.
0: Oof. That Um, is it's spicy. That's like top-level spice. Give me the case for the Jets.
1: So, first of all, Adam Gase was their last coach. So, he suppressed literally all of the talent that was there. Also, if you look at the talent they had on defense before they came in, it was actually pretty good talent. Uh, They had some serious building blocks there. And, you know, they got Robert Sowell coming in and absolute leader of men. He's kind of that, like, you know, rising tide, floats all boats type of deal, uh, at least when it comes to the defense. We don't know how he's going to have an impact on the offense yet. But I expect that defense to maybe not necessarily be super consistent, but, like, really be able to make some plays this year. Uh, Marcus May is a fantastic safety that no one paid attention to his entire career because he was playing for the Jets, but he is not all that far behind the guy that he used to play with in Jamal Adams. He's that good. And then the offensive coordinator there, is a Kyle Shanahan disciple. And, you know, you you made the case for, you know, literally any quarterback going and playing for San Francisco. And if it's going to be essentially the same offense, that's going to make Zach Wilson's rookie year as easy as it's ever going to be. Um, And he's already got, you know, a couple of weapons there that are solid. Um, Corey Davis was a nice, nice piece for them to add. I love Denzel Mims. They they brought in uh, Elijah Moore, who is might honestly end up being the best wide receiver in this rookie class um, this year. Maybe not for a career, but it like he's got stuff to work with and we both like Michael Carter in that outside zone. Like they have an offense that can put up some, some points. I don't expect them to be super consistent, but you know, every year there's surprise teams that kind of come out of nowhere and make the playoffs. And there's three spots this year, just like last year. You don't hate your shot unless you take it.
0: Huh so i hear what you're saying uh but you hate every part of this don't you (laughs) can can i give you my counterpoint it's the jets uh are you fucking crazy (laughs) it's the jets they i don't swear a lot on this podcast but that one deserved it uh yeah so it was a lot to take in i don't necessarily disagree with you on a lot of the points you made though and i think that they're all good points for like a couple of years down the road when some of these guys have more experience. They have a uh, rookie quarterback, rookie running back, rookie receiver, rookie left tackle who I think are all going to be good and I think are all going to be really great pieces in this offense <laughs> eventually. I just think it's going to take more time than year 1. I think that the wild card spots, the last like two wild card spots in the AFC are going to be really tight this year with some of the other teams. So, like you have the Titans winning the South. So you're talking about the Jets making it over the Colts, the Chargers, the Broncos, uh, the Steelers, who, you know, both of us aren't that high on the Steelers, but it's there's uh, a, lot I, of, I a lot of teams out there. I, I'm gonna be surprised if the Steelers win more than seven games at most i was just i just heard today their over under is like nine it's like nine and a half it's real low uh but yeah so i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be tight and yeah. what i what i like to do in those situations is to take the team that i feel is the most talented so my i have uh the ravens and the patriots for my first two wild cards as well uh my third wild card is the los angeles chargers you know, talking about cases that we made recently when we did the West preview. Uh, year two of Herbert, got a full offseason under his belt in the full season. I really like Staley, the new head coach. I think he's going to be really good. And I just think that team has a ton of talent. Like It does. But I, you know what I'm going to say. Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi.
1: Yep. And I, I could be totally wrong about him. Maybe... Maybe he's changed,
0: but he was so bad. So <laughs> last year, last year they had Anthony Lin as the head coach. And he is like pretty highly respected amongst players in the league. They kind of like him, but some of how bad he was at the end of games last year. Like, yeah. They the, won. They the were seven and, eight. and off, Yeah. Yeah. They were seven and nine last year with like really bad clock management. And a lot of guys missing. Like, we went over all the injuries that they had, and now they're getting back like Derwin James and, you know, Bosa's healthy, and they have a couple linebackers I really like, and Eckler's back, and Mike Williams, you know, we'll go on and on and on about all the guys that are back. And they have a guy who I think, you know, like I said, is going to be a really good head coach. So you're talking about the rising tide that floats all boats. I think Staley can be that for them. And so I'm going to take a team that has 7 wins last year and say that they can win between 9 and 11. Uh how many wins did the Jets have last year?
1: Uh probably like 3. Yeah. But also Adam Gase.
0: Yeah, no, I That's very true. It's very true that they I, I think the Jets could win like you know, between 5 and 7 games. I think that they're going to be a pain in the butt this year for the Patriots, but uh I I'm not going to I'm not going to go on a limb. You are on that limb by yourself, my friend. So, we'll we'll see how that one goes.
1: Well, we'll see.
0: I mean, the thing is, is
1: that sometimes these teams just come out of nowhere. Like, if someone would have predicted the Rams to do what they did, McVay's rookie year, you would have had the same exact fucking reaction.
0: Oh, yeah. But. No, I'm more just know. giving you a hard time because it's the Jets. But. uh Yeah. I like spicy. I like spicy picks. When you when you told me that your picks were going to be spicy, I did not know you meant like ghost pepper <laughs> levels or like Carolina Reaper levels of spice. I was like, oh, like he's probably got yeah. like a red hot chili pepper coming at me, not like a freaking well, fireball on Wild Card One. Don't put these peppers in your butt. Oh my god, be careful, everybody. Be careful listening to this podcast. You might burn your ears. Uh, okay, let's go on to the let's go on to the NFC. So that we have time for fantasy football later uh i'll get i'll we'll do the same thing i'll give you the division winners i think we're probably going to agree on all four of these actually uh i have in the north i have the packers uh washington in the east tampa in the south and then the rams in the west yep any quarrels with that so i i made the No, i had all those same ones Okay, yeah, we talked about this on the last podcast. I think that the NFC is fairly obvious for division winners. I think the only one that people could have gripes with is the West, just because that division is going to be so tough. But uh, with all the talent the Rams have and the trade for Matthew Stafford, I I don't see them losing that division. I think I wouldn't pick them to be the one seed just because I think their schedule is going to be pretty hard. Yeah. But I think that, you know, if I if I got to pick a gladiator to come out of that field, I'm I'll roll with Matt Stafford. I'm comfortable with that. All right. So who who are your wild? I'm afraid to ask you who your wild cards are now, but go ahead. <laughs> uh,
1: so I have the Sea Chicken's for one of them. I have the 49ers for another, and
0: ready for the spicy one. No, but go ahead. The Falcons. Okay, I should have known that was coming because you, you thought they were gonna yep. win nine games. Okay. That one okay. Yep. I'm more okay with that one than the Jets. But uh I I have Seattle and Air I have Seattle and San Francisco as well. Uh I have a yep. different bird for my third. Um you probably know this is coming if you listen yeah. to the West breakdown.
1: Yeah, because you're you're going all West.
0: Yeah, I have all four West teams. Making it, Uh so I have the Cardinals as the third wild card. Yeah, but you know what, you know what I learned today before we get into the Falcons versus Cardinals thing. The 49ers have like v- weirdly high odds to win the Super Bowl this year. How weirdly high? So the 49ers are plus 1400, which puts them even with the Packers and the Ravens. They are only behind the chiefs the bucks the bills and the rams in vegas right now to win the super so, bowl
1: so like tied for fifth
0: yeah they're tied for fifth right now with the packers who i think are going to be a popular pick to come out of the nfc and then the ravens who they're they're ahead of cleveland right now cleveland's at plus 1600 yeah
1: so much first of all packers aren't coming out of the nfc first.
0: no i think they'll be a popular pick to do it but they're not my pick
1: yeah but people
0: keep people people keep picking that and it doesn't fucking happen because but should the should the 49ers be ahead of the browns right now
1: no like that's that's
0: ludicrous to me
1: i don't think the browns should be lower than third
0: yeah well let's we're going to talk about the super bowl in a little bit let's get into the falcons versus cardinal thing you want me to go first or you want to go first make your case me. Mine, mine's not super long, uh, but I think the Cardinals are really talented. I think yeah. they were 6-3 and three last year when Kyler Murray was healthy before he sprained his AC joint. I think that they're going to win double-digit games this year. Kyler's back and healthy. They added a couple weapons, not a ton, to the offense with uh, guys like A.J. Green and James Conner who, don't get me wrong, they're over the hill, but they're not playing big roles. They have uh, Hopkins back and Christian Kirk, a bunch of guys. I think the offense is going to be really good. They were already top five last year, but the big improvements for them are going to come on the defensive side of the ball. They added JJ Watt, who, like, if you think JJ Watt can't play still, you're insane. Like, don't, don't, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you, Matt. I'm saying you yeah. people listening to this yeah. in general, uh, JJ Watt's going to be awesome this year especially revitalized on a new team. They spent a bunch of money to bring him in. I love the young talent in the secondary with Buda Baker and uh, Byron Murphy back there. And then we talked about how we both expect Isaiah Simmons to take a big step forward. Uh, and I like Zaven Collins, who they added as well, not to mention they also have Chandler Jones on the defense. So I think the defense is going to be really good uh, along with a another really good season on offense. The only thing that worries me is can Kyler make it through a 17 game season?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a legitimate question. And my biggest thing with them is when I look at that division, you said, yeah, they, they could all just end up beating each other up throughout the season. But what happens if just one of those teams gets beat up by the others? And when I look at those teams and ask myself which one is most likely to get beat on by the other three, it's the, the one that hasn't been there before. You know, the these other teams have not only been to the playoffs, but they've made deep runs. And if they lose five division games, that's putting – a lot of pressure on them to win the all of their non-division games just to have a chance to win 10 games and yep. that's that's a tall task and we also got to see them actually put it together uh we expect their defense to be much better and i like vance joseph uh Watching his eye rolls at the refs when he was the head coach for the Denver Broncos is still one of my favorite things. It is absolutely hilarious. Look it up if you haven't seen it. But it's been a while since we've seen him put together a strong defense. Like, yeah, he's got the pieces to do it, but is it going to come together? Because we've – that – man, like I remember when – Namdi Asamoah went to the Eagles, and we were like, "That is going to be the most disgusting pass defense we have ever seen," and it was awful. So, yeah, like there's a lot of reason for hype with this team, but like they gotta put it together. They've got the talent, but like they gotta show us they can do it because it hasn't happened yet. And there's, you know, the durability issue with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury also has to show that, you know, he can compete with the likes of, you know, Sean McVeigh and uh, Pete Carroll and yep. even
0: Kyle Shanahan. That is all fair. Uh, the only, the only two things I'll say real quick before we go on to the Falcons, the first is that, uh, like I said, for the AFC, when I'm like stuck in a situation where I don't know who to pick, I usually just go with the team that has the most on-field talent. So when I look at like the non-division winners, uh, you know, I think Arizona has more talent than like a Minnesota or a New Orleans or, you know, in this case, Atlanta. And then the other thing is they're I think that they'll be better than like one in five in division. um, But they're out of division schedule. their non-division schedule this year really isn't that bad. You know, you have the Colts and Titans who were divided on, but neither of those teams are, yeah. you know, may not be all that great, especially if yeah. they play the Titans week one and Tannehill may be in COVID protocol when they play. Yeah. Uh, they have the, so, you, you know, you have the Jags and, the Texans in there as well, which should be wins, and then they play the NFC North, and they, you know, that means like yeah, you have the game against Green Bay, but then you have uh, the Motor City Kitties, and then the Bears and the Vikings, and what are you trying to say? What uh, are you trying to say? <laughs> but what I'm thinking about who's the most talented teams? Like it could come down to those games against the Bears and the Vikings. Yeah. Like that could be a pretty tight spot. But give me the uh, Falcons real quick before we go to uh, Super Bowl and uh, award winners. So they lost a lot of
1: one-possession games last year. Um, And you and I were both on the same side heading into that season that like we could not understand why Dan Quinn was back as the head coach of that team. Because the defense kept getting worse and worse and worse, regardless of what kind of talent was being put on that defense. Dan Quinn is out now. And they brought in Arthur Smith. Uh, Arthur Smith is going to run an offense that I think Matt Ryan is going to benefit from greatly. And, you know, we'll see how Mike Davis does as the running back, but I think that Arthur Smith can can orchestrate a run game there. Uh, they've they've got talent on their offensive line. They've just had so much injury history over the last few years with their offensive line that it hasn't really worked out. Um But if they can stay healthy on the offensive line, and who knows every now and then catch the lightning in a bottle. Uh, But if they can keep some of their younger offensive linemen healthy, they can definitely get a run game going. Then on top of that, you got a nice new weapon in Kyle Pitts for Matt Ryan to play with. That offense could be popping again. Not quite to the same level of the Kyle Shanahan days because – that might be the most deadly offense I have ever seen in my entire life. Um,
0: Hold on. You mean the offense that blew a 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl? I had to get it in. I had to get it in if we were talking about the Falcons. Okay, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, it was deadly. It choked
0: them to death. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Atlanta, um, man. It's never gonna. It's never gonna stop, Atlanta. I'm sorry. You, you can't.
1: It's it's physically impossible. Hey, I'm making it up to them by predicting that they make the playoffs. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, and honestly, I expect their defense to improve just by addition by subtraction. Uh, I think getting Dan Quinn out of the way is inherently going to make their defense a better, a better unit, just because. His voice obviously was not working. And I think that a lot of times when you see a unit getting worse and worse year after year, despite a team trying to fix it with talent, the issue isn't talent anymore. The issue is the person who's running that unit.
0: So I will agree with you that the coaching change alone is probably worth like a couple more wins, especially because I think, what was it like? Eight games they lost by one score. Yep. So, you know, just regressing to the mean, you know, you're probably about 500 in one score games. Mm -hmm. So that's four more wins right there, theoretically. Uh, If they keep things within one score. The the only thing that scares me with Atlanta is that they, I just don't think they're that talented on defense. And I don't know what kind of scheme Arthur Smith is going to run. I agree. I really like Arthur Smith. Yeah, but I mean, they picked fourth and they got Cal Pitts, which is exciting. But there was a lot of people calling for them to get a new quarterback, with how old Matt Ryan's getting too. So Matt Matt Ryan's getting up there, and then, like I said, yeah. you know, they have Grady Jarrett and Dion Jones on defense. Uh, but outside of that, man, it's kind of it's That's tough. a good
1: starting point.
0: It's a great starting point. Don't get I'd yeah. love to have those guys on the Patriots defense. Don't get me wrong, but like you can get creative when you know. That those guys are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah, but the secondary—I mean, AJ Terrell, Eric Harris, Daron Harmon, and Fabian Moreau.
1: You could have just said Fabian Moreau.
0: Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a tough look. So they're they're going to you know, have to. I do like AJ Terrell. Uh, I do too, but I don't think, I think he was that good last year as a rookie, was he? Granted, he was a rookie, but yeah, he was a rookie playing for Dan Quinn. That is a good point. Uh, but yeah. Daron Harmon is a long-time Patriots player who was the yeah. you know third or fourth safety for a lot of time, and there is a reason for that. Uh, I love him, but I mean, he's a good player. He'll be yeah. a yeah. decent addition. But like they have solid guys. It's just I think it's going to be a lot to ask of Deion Jones, but he's someone who might be up to it because he's you know one of the best linebackers he's in the league. Deion Jones. Uh, you want, you want to do a beer bet on who has more wins between the Cardinals and the Falcons? Sure. All right. So for those of you that don't remember, this is our second beer bet of the season.
1: What was our first one? I don't even remember.
0: Miles Sanders, total yardage. Oh, that's right. Over under 13. Yeah. Over under 1300. Okay. Uh, yeah. So second beer bet. I will take the Cardinals to have more wins than the Falcons this season. All right. You met the Falcons. We got to get a spreadsheet going so that we don't forget these. We'll revisit later this season. We got all the playoff teams. Uh, I have Cleveland, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Baltimore, New England, and LA in the AFC. Uh, You have the same teams except you have Tennessee instead of the Colts in the South, and then you have the Jets instead of the Chargers in the wild card. And then we have all of the same teams in the NFC. Uh, Packers, Washington, Fighting Georges, Buccaneers, Rams, uh, Seahawks, 49ers, and then I have the Cards and you have the Falcons. I already know the answer to this, but uh, give the people your Super Bowl. And I only know this because I've paid attention to you talk on the last four podcasts. I mean, I...
1: I actually had a different pick than probably what you're expecting. Uh, The the Browns beating the Buccaneers.
0: Okay, Um, that is different than I expected.
1: Tom Brady is super hard to bet against. But I feel like if they run into the Browns, they're potentially running into the same type of buzzsaw that they were to the chiefs that team is just stupid grossly talented and like the depth on their defensive line they like there's plenty of teams who would love to have those guys starting um and that they like i look at their defense and i'm like yep they've kind of get everything that they kind of want and need their offense is just like, I feel like their offense is going to pop off this year. I think that everyone's kind of slept on Odell after last year, but like having an offseason to actually work with Baker, I think Odell is going to reemerge
0: as one of the better receivers. Well, we, we actually have completely different teams, which is surprising because I thought we were going to have one of the same. I am going to take the... I'm kind of switching on the fly here. I'm going to go with the Rams over the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Uh, in my case for the Rams, which I, I'll be honest, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with cause I'm really nervous about the run game, but I think we saw what they could do when they brought in like CJ Anderson a couple years ago. And he just went ballistic yeah. when Todd Gurley was hurt. Uh, and I don't, I don't love Sony Michelle. I watched him for years in New England, but I think he's a little bit better than people give him credit for. And that with they can figure something out with like him yeah. and Henderson, and maybe add somebody later in the season. Or Todd Gurley's a free agent, so wouldn't completely shock me if there was a reunion. Uh, the, there's a lot of talent on the Rams. I mean, you look at the defense; they have two of the best defensive players in the entire league in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Lost a couple pieces from that defense uh, that was number one in the league last year. But with how much better I think the offense is going to be with Matt Stafford at the helm, Mm -hmm. I I think that the defense can afford to drop a little bit. Um, And then the offensive line, I think, is going to be top five in the league this year, which will help the run game. And then I just think, Matt Stafford is incredibly underrated and he's playing with the best collection of talent, best head coach that he's ever played with. And if you listen to Sean McVay talk about Stafford and about how excited he is for the season, I think you're just going to see like an explosive offense and some wild stuff out of them. Like, I think that they're going to be super fun to watch this season.
1: Yeah. And so my reason for not picking the Rams is, you know, last year, they had some issues with allowing pressure up the middle. Um, and that was not to take, you know, onus off of Jared Goff for his own struggles. Cause some of them were definitely on him himself, but that was definitely a significant part of his, where his struggles came from. Um, And as much as I love Matt Stafford, he is not athletic enough at this stage in his life to be wheeling out of the pocket if you're getting pressure up the middle and making plays consistently. Um, So if that does continue to be an issue, then I don't think that they will be able to withstand someone like the Bucs.
0: Um, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, even beyond the Bucks, you have the Washington football team who is going to yeah. be a monster. I I came so close to picking the Washington football team to make yes. the Super Bowl, but it was Actually, I, I should do the Washington Wood Thrushes, not the Washington football team. The Fighting uh, Georges, the Fighting Georges. Yeah, I just I just couldn't do it with the quarterback play there. Yeah. But, you know, my goal when I'm picking a Super Bowl is just to not look stupid like five months from now and i think if i have like rams bills or like bucks browns yeah. I, just, I won't look dumb you know it won't be like oh hey that guy picked washington yeah so. uh, I, unless... mean,
1: like, I i wouldn't be shocked to see washington there though um
0: because i think that's the dark horse team
1: i i am much higher on ryan fitzpatrick as a quarterback than most people are um i think a lot of people see his at times high turnover rate and don't they just you know they they knock him down but don't factor into account like just how many plays he does make because he is so aggressive not saying he's a top you know 10 quarterback but like In a playoff run, he's a guy who can just catch fire and put put the team on his back.
0: Yeah, well, let's not forget they gave the Bucks a hard time in the playoffs last year with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. You know, and
1: I I was fully supportive of them actually giving him a legit chance um, because what we saw was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Just real quick before we go on to the next one too, I just wanted to mention the Bills who I picked to win the AFC. Uh I just like adding Emmanuel Sanders alongside with Stephon Diggs in that offense after how great they were last year. Like just having another weapon, I think that they Yeah. They're gonna figure out their run game this year, with Zach Moss taking over the lead back duties. Uh, you know, there'll still be a big split between him and Singletary, but I think Zach Moss uh, is going to be the answer to that run game with Singletary yeah. spelling him. Uh, the only thing that kind of worries me about them is that I think Cole Beasley is kind of was a big piece of their offense at times last year, and he just is such a moron. With his, I you know, I would
1: not be surprised to see them go out and try to pick up a slot receiver in a trade.
0: Yeah, but I mean, even without him, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, and then Diggs the alan diggs connection to close out the season last year was amazing uh, and i think that they're just going to pick up where they left off and be really good again and then you know the other side of the ball jerry hughes ed oliver mario addison like oh you know we talked about matt milano in depth on a podcast but also like tremaine edmonds like ah god i hate playing these guys even before they got good and the patriots were still good with tom brady i hated playing Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. Uh, and then Tredavious you're, White, one of the best corners in the league. You're going to hate this. Oh,
1: God. But they, But You know, we're talking about them potentially needing to replace Cole Beasley as that, like, kind of possession slot receiver role. You know who played for both of our teams? That's a free agent right now. No. No. Danny Amendola. I was going to
0: say number one overall fantasy pick, Danny Amendola. That yes. Was, that's probably a really good answer. All right, yeah. so Super Bowl picks. Uh, just real quick on the awards. Let's do uh, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Rookie of the Year. Who is your MVP? Yeah.
1: Uh, so my MVP shouldn't be a surprise. Um, in fact, I've actually been saying this for years that as soon as Stafford was not playing for the Detroit Lions, he would immediately win an MVP. Uh, You kind of talked about it yourself. uh, The way Sean McVay talks about him, big things are going to happen in the regular season with him. Uh, This also shouldn't be a surprise because that was – Kind of my bold prediction for the West division. If you listen to that, that episode wouldn't be surprised to see him drop another 40 touchdown season, 5,000 yards, you know, the whole shebang It's he's got, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper cup, Tyler Higby. Uh, and he's going to be playing in an offense that has historically been able to run the ball. Uh, something that he hasn't had his entire life, and that will only benefit the play-action game where he is at his best. Because if you get a good running game going and you get Stafford on a play-action pass with someone going deep downfield, like they don't even have to be open half the time.
0: Yeah, well, don't forget, they have Deshaun Jackson as well, who is kind of like (laughs) a low-key, like, the dude is still a burner. (laughs) so. Seeing Stafford throw to him, I totally forgot about that, dude. I know. So uh, my, I think that's a good pick uh, for all the reasons I laid out earlier. My pick for MVP is uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen, uh, and I, I kind of just went over the case. Like I, I really like what they did on that offense. He, I think they're going to figure out their running back run game, but he's still a huge part of the run game as well. I think just like the with the stats he's going to put up in the passing game with the addition of like Emmanuel Sanders and, you know, Gabriel Davis taking another step forward and how good that connection is with Diggs, uh, I think the passing attack is going to be really good in Buffalo this season. And then, uh, I, I like the kind of giving it to a new player kind of thing. I think that, you know, a lot of these awards are decided by writers. And I think that they like to give it to someone new when they can, so if it's close between like Josh Allen and guys who have won it before, like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, I think that they'll lean more towards the new guy. What about defensive player? of the I year? I feel
1: like they do lean towards certain players sometimes,
0: but yeah. uh,
1: defensive player of the year. Historically, we have made the same mistake over and over again of not picking Aaron Donald. He's been in the league, what seven years. He's won it four times.
0: I was just going to say the same thing. He's picking Aaron Donald. <laughs> he's won four in seven years. Uh, I did not pick Aaron Donald. I thought about You're it. It's probably, it's probably the right pick, but I picked Chase Young, uh, defensive end for the Washington Fighting Georges. I think the defense is going to be really good in Washington this year and that he's going to lead the clubhouse. Uh, he was amazing as a rookie. So I think another step forward for him is going to get it done. Uh, what about your rookie of the year? Now I'm, I'm going to warn you that this is where my new bold prediction is coming in. I'm going with Devante Smith. Um,
1: it's kind of hard to pick out which quarterback is going to have the best year. Obviously Trevor Lawrence is kind of more of the favorite because he's the number one pick, but one guy that we know is going to get the ball early and often is Devontae Smith. And I don't have any doubts about his ability for to perform. So, I mean, you can't, you can't be rookie of the year without opportunity.
0: Yeah. I will say I watched him in the Philadelphia preseason game against the Patriots. And he was open a lot like against the Patriots once, which is a pretty good coverage unit. So, Uh, Speaking of the New England Patriots, my pick for Rookie of the Year is newly minted starting quarterback McCorkle Jones. Uh, I think that your Rookie of the Year, at least like your Offensive Rookie of the Year, the odds of it not going to a quarterback are very low. And I don't know which one of these quarterbacks is going to have the best season statistically. However... Uh, is looking like Mac Jones is going to be in line to start all 17 games this season now that Cam Newton has been cut from the Patriots. And I think that the Patriots are going to win double-digit games this season with him at starting quarterback. And if it's close, like if the stats are close between him and Lawrence and Zach Wilson, then that will push him over the edge. The fact that his team is a playoff team and, in my opinion, the other two will not be. And then Fields and Lance, who, you know, I think are gonna have a chance to put up some stats this season as well, they're not gonna be the week one starter that we may not see them until week five or six if we see them at all. So uh McCorkle is gonna have a bit of a head start on those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean I I guess the thing is if none of those quarterbacks has like a particularly great statistical season, but Devontae Smith or you know Jamar Chase goes out and a thousand yards and, you know, seven touchdowns, 70 catches like that should. And I would hope most certainly will trump that, you know, 10-year vet numbers.
0: Yeah, I think alternatively, there is potential for someone like uh, Najee Harris to win it just because he's going to have the opportunity in Pittsburgh. Although he's going to have to drag like five guys with him every single play. I was going to say, if he puts up a thousand yard season, he should just win the MVP. <laughs> yeah. I think if Javante Williams can take over day one in Denver, that he may have some potential there as well, too. But all right. Uh that is it for our picks. We are gonna be right back to do a segment that I like to refer to as fantasy football trash talk. It's a bit of a unorganized segment for me and Matt and our friend Trent to uh talk crap to each other about the two fantasy football leagues that we are all in together. So we'll be right back. All right, so joining us for a completely new segment that I'm going to regret in 15 minutes uh, is Trent, making his first appearance on the podcast to get one of these hats. What's up, Trent? How are you? What's
2: up, guys? I got strong arm into it, so (laughs) I'm here.
0: Matt has forced him to make an appearance, so... You forced uh, me to listen to the
2: last episode, and that forced me to make an appearance.
0: <laughs> Trent is a noted Denver Broncos fan, uh, but I will try not to hold him hold that against him for the next 20 to 30 minutes here. As I'll
2: try not to hold your team against you.
0: My Patriots jersey hanging up next to my head.
2: Uh, hey, I love you guys a little bit more now that you dropped Cam, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, um... Why don't you tell him the old prediction
0: that you made about Cam for this season? I can't. I, I deleted that podcast. It's gone now. Uh Yeah, going into the preseason after game one, I thought that Cam was going to be the starting quarterback for the Pats this year, all, pretty much all season, and lead them back to the playoffs. I think I gave him like 32 total touchdowns as well. Oh, you nailed it then. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I was telling Matt, it's like the first time that a bold prediction has been wrong before we've even played one game. <laughs> it's never usually this bad. This is like a particularly new level of bad for me. But, all right, let's do fantasy football. The uh... Yeah, before we get into your topics, if any of you were
1: listening to our division-by-division Division breakdown, you know how high I was
0: on TJ Hawkinson, Adam took Hawkinson in both of our leagues. So Uh, not only took Hawkinson in both leagues, but right before like a couple picks before you in both leagues. Literally both times. So I put together a bunch
1: of team names for Hawkinson in order to convince Adam to just give me TJ Hawkinson. Hawk's out for Harambe. Rock out with your hawk out, need more hawk, hawked and loaded, hawk and a loogie, come suck on my hawk.
2: So you just sat at work and just thought about cock memes.
1: Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> for, for, for like a good 20 minutes straight. The one hunting. Thing. Hunting hawk. <laughs> Rustling them hawks.
2: I mean, so you have to trade it to him now. And
1: Hawks got
0: locks. (laughs) Uh, The one thing I'll give you credit for with your list of names is that only 75% of them were penis related. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were going to go for all of them. Uh, No, you cannot have TJ Hawkinson. He's part of a uh, greater strategy to piss you off all season long.
1: That's all right. I'll just piss you off when Hunter Henry scores 10 touchdowns.
0: It's fair. So speaking of strategy, uh, you guys both been playing fantasy football for a long time. Uh, as of I, we've been in the same, I think two leagues all playing against each other for like three years now, four years. Yeah. Three, this, is four like years. The, yeah this is like the uh, fourth year. So do you guys have a draft strategy that you go into your drafts with this year? Do you switch it up from draft to draft or are you you're trying to kind of build the same team with every league you're in? Uh... Usually
2: draft strategy for me is pick in top three which happens every year for me uh, but no it's I, I just go off the simple strategy. I mean I try and nail two running backs right off the bat pretty much first second pick and then from there on I'm just BPA. Whatever's there I'm taking it.
0: What about you Matt how do you how are you building your teams this year? Yeah, so
1: for a long time, I was really, really dedicated to go, like, first two picks back to be running back, and I would always lay down a quarterback. Um, but that really hasn't worked for me in the last couple of years, um, and I think that's kind of something that we've seen. It's like it's just certain styles of quarterbacks that if you got one, it elevates your team so much higher um this year i really kind of just let the best players come to me that were available turned out it was running back still but i still went quarterback like way earlier this year than i normally do um you know in years past i would have sat back and waited for someone like Stafford or, or like you know Derek Carr or something like that. Like I made sure to go out and get my Josh Allen or get my Russell Wilson because you need that if you're going to have a chance in the playoffs or in my case the last couple of years to even get there.
2: And I'm out of that strategy at all. I'll take whatever scraps left at the end of the rounds and <laughs> deal with it. It's also his strategy with the Patriots. They'll throw you a bone every once in a while and no one had Mac Jones. And all of a sudden you have a starting quarterback without even drafting a quarterback if you wanted to.
0: That's fair. My, my strategy I went into drafts with this year was uh, I like the anchor RB strategy. Make sure you get one uh, bell cow running back or one elite running back in the first two rounds and then hammer all the other positions until about round five or six. It's almost like a combination of zero running back and then what you guys are doing trying to draft running backs early. Uh, there's a couple running backs that were later in the draft that I like this year. But I think there is something to what? be said for uh, running back depth. <laughs> because the de- like depth at running back is really low this year. So if you don't yeah. get guys early and often, you run the risk of... Uh, Basically, what I have in one of one of our leagues we play in together is where my uh, running back two is Raheem Mostart, and I have no running backs on the bench, <laughs> so I'm kind of screwed.
2: I was kind of in that exact same situation.
0: Yeah, so I, I also agree with getting uh, an earlier quarterback. I lean more toward uh, what Matt was saying with the elite QBs, and part of it is because over from 2016 to 2019 there were three quarterbacks who scored more than 350 points in a season. Last year, there were seven quarterbacks who scored 350. Uh, Quarterback scoring is going up, I think every single year. And if you wait to get those table scraps, I think you risk getting left behind and not getting one of these guys. The difference in points between the number one quarterback, Josh Allen and the number 12 quarterback, Matt Ryan, last year was 114 points which is a pretty big drop-off uh so i think you need like you really need one of the top like five six guys so i went out and got mine early this year i got kyler murray in every single draft that we did
2: yeah he should have a nice year
0: can hopefully hoping he stays healthy yeah, uh,
1: That's Boston.
0: so what about favorite players for this season trent who are your who are your guys that you like going into this year it can be anybody first round running back second round just kind of guys
2: that you've had your eye on um i think camara is gonna blow up again this year he had a really nice year last year i i got cmc again i think cmc is obviously going to be cmc as long as he can stay healthy too one person that i don't like at all right now is saquon if he was Still there in like, you know, six or seven. Obviously, I'm taking them. Yeah. But if I had, you know, the top four pick, I would much rather have Henry, Kamara, even Zeke. And I'm not a big fan of Zeke either above Saquon right now.
1: Yeah. And I, like, I took Saquon in the first round in our draft, but I was taking him at 12. So, you know, that's, that's a little different. The definitely like the injury history with him is, not something that you're in love with, but if you can stay healthy, then you're getting a top five running back. So, um, one guy that I'm really high on this year that I wanted to get and kept thinking I could get, like I could wait one more round to get and never actually ended up getting, uh, was Brendan Ayuk. Uh, that just never really materialized for me. Uh, I think going into last year, a lot of people kind of thought he was just like another version of like Debo Samuel, but I think he's a lot better of like actual, like pure receiver and they're going to find a way in San Francisco to get him the ball a lot more this year. Um, And another guy that I think is going to have her, I mean, he always puts up good numbers, but I think robert woods is going to put up a lot more touchdowns this year um he reminds me in a lot of ways of uh martin jones and just that like he plays football the right way he's always fucking blocking he just makes good football plays even if he's not like you know running around or getting the ball and that i think that's just gonna really endear himself to matt stafford and when it you know he's looking downfield he's gonna look for particular guys that he really likes and i think it's gonna end up being robert woods
0: yeah i think those are all good picks uh i'm gonna help everybody win their fantasy leagues right now my favorite player is antonio gibson this year i so i had the fifth pick in the first draft that we all did together and I gave serious contemplation to taking him at five because I thought there was no way I'd get him at 20. Uh, he did end up falling to 20. I could not have hit that draft button fast enough. <laughs> he. The rumors uh, around Washington's training camp this season has basically been that they want to give him like a CMC type of role. Not going to be the same workload but he's going to handle the ball a lot this season and he was He stepped in last season and had like Alvin Kamara levels of efficiency. Uh, He touched the ball about 206 times and had 11 touchdowns and 20 broken tackles. The only other guy in the entire league who had right around 200 touches and that many TDs last season was Kamara. So I think if he gets a bigger workload, like they're saying he should, uh, his efficiency may go down a little bit, but I think he's in line for a lot of yards and a lot of scores this season. So. I love him, and then my homer pick, uh, Damian Harris. I think Patriots have a top-five offensive line. And now that Newton's gone, you're not going to get those red zone touches pilfered from you if you have him. Uh, and I actually love someone on the Broncos. This will make Trent happy. Uh, my boy, Javante Williams, the rookie running back out of UNC. Calvin yeah,
2: Gordon. What did you say? I was, he'd fall to seven. I was the first pick around seven. You took him... Like in the last of round <laughs> six, yeah,
0: he is someone. Else. When I was saying that, I like some of the running backs who are kind of in like the five, six, seven range. Uh, he was my number one. I know Melvin Gordon is there, but I expect Devontae to take over that backfield by like week five or six, at least Same. if Melvin Gordon can stay healthy. And uh, I think with Teddy Bridgewater bringing like a certain level of compet- uh, competency to that offense this year, they're going to be able to move the ball. Uh, I like his ability to catch out of the backfield too, so I think he's going to be pretty good.
2: Yeah, if I could have paired CMC with him, I would have been very happy and just had like Mosher as my flex. That would have been a solid running back core for me.
0: It would have been. Oh, we forgot to mention Trent's overarching strategy is to cheat and get himself CMC every year.
1: <laughs> that is that is really just all he does.
2: I swear it's on random.
0: I
1: I don't think you picked lower than like third literally any year that I've played
2: for fantasy football with you. Yeah, in both drafts.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. You, were, you were fifth in the other draft uh, in the Eastern League, and I was kind of like before I knew that you were, dra- I was sixth in that league, and before I knew you were drafting right in front of <laughs> me, I was like, oh, like, guys are going off the board. He got to the fifth pick, and Camaro was still there, and I was like, maybe whoever's picking fifth will be an idiot and take someone else, and then I saw it was Trent, and I was like, he's not gonna let Kamaro fall <laughs>
1: Uh, speaking of rookies, I know a uh, couple of guys that both you and I like. Adam, uh, Elijah Moore. I fully expect to catch like at least eighty balls out there in New York as long as he stays healthy. Um, and I think you and I both kind of expect Khalil Herbert to eventually, you know, end up being the lead back out there in Chicago.
0: The thing that scares me with Chicago is they kind of look like they can't block right now. Uh, (laughs) And Matt Nagy. Yeah, so that that makes me a little bit nervous, so I stayed away from that one. Uh, I like Michael Carter as a late-round running back Mm -hmm. as well, just because, like, it's almost the same thing with Javante Williams. Like, I think talent just wins out in those messy backfield situations. And if I can get a guy who, you know, he may have to ride my bench for six, seven, eight weeks. Uh, but the later half of the season, I fully expect him to take the full workload as the RB1 in that backfield. And I'm getting that, like, really cheap. So I snagged him in both. Uh Trent, what about, like, late round picks? Are there any, like, guys you like near the end of the draft?
2: Uh Yeah, I mean, Elijah Moore was one for me. In your league, I got him with, like, pick 149. It was in, like, the 10th round. And I had no idea how I got him. But... <laughs> Williams was like a push to like seven to me. I didn't want to take him earlier than that. I didn't want to try and be a homer.
0: It's hard to balance that sometimes though. Like you you follow your team so much more closely than other teams during training camp.
2: Yeah, I just know so much more about them. I want to pick everyone.
0: I'm like, no. I'm I know. I I really wanted like when I first started doing mocks, Damian Harris was going like in that six, seven, eight range. The closer we got to the season, the more he's shooting up draft boards. And I think like in the west league he went like in the fourth fourth or fifth and i'm just like ah i love him really excited for him but like the pass catching isn't really there it's like really hard to take him in half point ppr when he's not going to catch that many passes but like i want him because i like
2: him i would say like uh jamar chase too he has all the talent in the world and he has all the possibilities but i just i can't trust him like wide receiver four for me is, like, where I would be comfortable taking him in a draft. I mean, when you get stuck with him as, like, your WR2 or something, you're sweating every single week. But he could go off for you.
1: And, like, you've got to keep in mind, like, we also don't know how well Cincinnati's offensive line is going to come together. And, like, if Joe Burrow just gets pummeled, it's, like, steps on the field, then, like, It doesn't matter how good Jamar Chase is. His season's essentially over.
0: Yeah. So, Yeah, that's my streaming defense option for week one. I have the Minnesota Vikings defense going up against Cincinnati and that offensive line. Uh, Burrow, the Cincinnati offense scares me because Burrow, from what I've heard in training camp, has been very tender with that leg. Uh, Doesn't really want people to get close to him. He's throwing the ball away a lot. I I think he's going to be good this season, and I think that offense will find their rhythm eventually. But I'm I'm targeting the defenses that are playing against him early in the season. I just think it's going to take some time for him to get back into his groove. My uh, my late round guys, there's a couple wide receivers I really love. Uh, late in the draft, I got these guys in like the 12th through the 14th round of every draft. Um, Saints wide receiver Marcus Callaway. Uh, Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers and the Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. I think all three of them just have a chance to be a wide receiver one in an offense where, like in the Saints, there's not a whole lot of options. They're going to have to force feed Kamara a lot, but as far as pass catchers, like Callaway seems to be the man, at least until Michael Thomas comes back. If. If he comes back, yeah. So you you may get him all season. He seems to have a connection with Jameis. I mean, because it's not just an energy, uh, injury thing, right? Isn't there bad blood between Thomas,
2: too, and the team?
0: Yeah, he's hurt and he wants out, which is a very bad yeah. combination. Right. Uh, and it then, he like, sounds like, he's kind of a dick to his team, like, all of last year anyways, so. Yeah, and then same thing with Jacoby Myers. He There's a lot more options in New England, uh, but he seems to be the leader of the pack as far as targets goes. And then Pittman is just – I watched a game, like, two years ago – when he was in college, USC played Utah, when Utah had one of the better defenses in the nation. And he was going up over the corners every single time and making contested catches. And I like told myself all the way back then, I was like, this guy's gonna be in the NFL. I'm gonna have him on my fantasy team. And he's on both my teams this year. So I like that. I just like, if you can get a guy who's gonna get a lot of opportunity late, whether it's a running back or a wide receiver, like I will always take those dart throws
1: yeah and so we talked about like the need to get one of those top quarterbacks earlier but like if you really just don't have the opportunity to get one um someone who's going late that is gonna be like a nice kind of like fill in on the matchup situation for you is Derek Carr um you can get him like what round 12 13 sometimes even later than that easily and like He's consistently a solid quarterback and I think he's going to have a better year this year, much to Trent's chagrin. Um,
2: Just what I need, another quarterback. yeah to play well in my but like,
1: <laughs> he, I feel like he's actually steadily gotten better year after year since he had that horrible leg injury and he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable hanging in there, taking the hits, going deep, stuff like that. Um, and you know, another year with rugs and like you know, there could be something building there.
2: I did pick up rugs real late this year too. Yeah, just in case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, well,
2: Trent, with your
0: strategy of like waiting on quarterbacks and taking kind of uh like the table scraps kind of guys at the end. Do you spend a bench spot on like a high upside guy, like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, like who could pop off later, or do you just kind of ride the waivers and just kind of
2: see what happens? I ride the waivers. I, you know, I use only roster one QB, and if I have to play matchups week to week, I'll play matchups. Yeah, that was my
0: strategy. If I didn't get like one of the top four guys, uh, being Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray, like the really high upside rushing guys. Mm -hmm. then I was going to take someone like a Stafford or like you guys said, Carr, like someone late and then get like a high upside, like Justin Fields to kind of ride on my bench. But I like not having the second quarterback on your bench. I think it takes away a spot for someone who could do a lot of good for you. You guys are high on Lance, right? Oh, I don't don't
1: know what to think of him this year, but like I,
0: I am front seat on the Trey Lance bandwagon. His, potential I love I I love Trey Lance yeah I love me some Trey Lance I I just wanted yeah
2: I just and I'm sure if John L was still in charge he would have loved him some Trey Lance too (laughs) right tall big guy with a big arm (laughs) oh yeah that would have been over
1: oh he wasn't six six (laughs)
2: true yeah well
0: uh off topic but I want to ask Trent this and then we probably got to sign off after um do you look back, like after this preseason, seeing how good some of these QBs have looked, do you look back at the Broncos draft and uh, wish they would have taken like Fields or Mac Jones? Or are you okay with the Patrick Sertan pick?
2: Uh... <laughs> 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 um, it makes me really question what they think our future plans are. Because if you're not going to give Drew the start, and see what he's got left then why didn't you pick one of the young guys i mean you can't in your right mind think that teddy is going to be your franchise quarterback with him never proving that before so i think doing right i think Sertan is going to be amazing just from what he's shown so far but i mean even if they wanted to be safe they could have taken mac jones because you know that he has the football iq He's just not going to make the huge run plays and all that fancy stuff. But if that's all you wanted and that's what you're getting out of Teddy B, why not take the younger guy that could develop into something more than a Teddy B? So I guess long answer. I wish they would have taken a quarterback. Yeah. Well, I felt like my bar stool when they didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did, I did too, because that was when I first started thinking the Patriots might actually get one at 15. I totally agree with you. I was shocked that Locke is not going to start the season. Uh, I thought that it was either they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers or they wanted to go with Locke for one more year with some of the upgraded weapons they have on offense and kind of see what they got. Um,
2: yeah, now he kind did of, everything they wanted. He didn't throw any picks all preseason. His first game he went out there and had a QB rating of like 150-something. I mean, you can't ask for any more out of him and he still gets benched. But yeah. they want consistency. Vic's got a really hot seat. I assume that's most of the decision right there. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think he's trying to save
0: his job by getting a uh, like between a seven and a nine win season out of Bridgewater. Yep. They, they have the talent around him though. Like I think it should be a pretty decent team. But I think if they had
2: fields, like all of a sudden that team gets really scary going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I'm gonna have to hear it from Carlos, if he's good. And then, of course, I'm going to have to hear it from you if Jones is good. So, I'm going to on the here if you guys pan out. You're going to hear it from me no matter what. Right, yeah. Even if
0: Jones is bad. I'd be like, this could have been your bad quarterback, Trent. <laughs> have fun with your great corner. Right. So, all right. That is all we got time for, unfortunately. We, we'll have Trent back to do uh, some more content later this season.
2: Yeah, I'll come back on when the Broncos are 4-0.
0: Yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh, all right, fouled out can be found. Yeah. Fouled out can be found on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, we are also on Twitter at fouled Out Sports and on TikTok at fouled Out podcast. Uh TikTok's been booming. I, I don't know, man. I kind of feel yeah. weird about it, but it's doing well. Say,
1: but it, it definitely has.
0: I know. So, all right. Thank you guys for doing this. I will talk to you both soon. Yep. Thanks for having me, boys. Bye, Uh, Robin. Bye, guys. Bye, Mom.